Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. Sam is a certified psychic medium, wellness coach, and is the executive director of Grounded Roots Wellness Incorporated and is your answer to finding wellness in every area of life. Good morning. You're listening to Grounded Roots with Sam Black, and I'm your host, Sam Black. You know, it's so funny because this morning, I normally don't do radio shows at 9 a.m., but it's so worth it for this amazing guest that I have for you today. So I had to quickly go get a glass of water and my Rosie dog. So some of you have seen Rosie on some of my posts. She's Golden Retriever Lab. She's absolutely amazing. <laughs> she wanted to play. So I'm trying to rush back into my office to get here, to be here with you. And I thought that I missed the intro. Thank goodness I didn't. Um, so, you know, everything's just a lot of fun this morning. <laughs> so I'm so happy to be here with all of you. And you're going to absolutely love today's amazing guest, Sandra Champlain. So Sandra is such a beautiful soul. I had the opportunity to meet her last summer. And she has been on a mission to show that we don't die. And so I'm so excited. Sandra, welcome. Welcome to Ground of Roots. I'm so excited to have you here this morning. Um, hi, Sam. I'm so happy to be here with you and your listeners. This is great. Oh, wonderful. So, Sandra, you have a podcast, We Don't Die, but you also have a book called We Don't Die. Yes, I'm all about that title. My book is We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death that I published just four years ago. I love it. I love it. And as I mentioned to you before, I totally love that you've named it a skeptic's guide. Because I know for me as a medium, people tease me, how can you be a skeptic and a medium at the same time? And I think sometimes that we actually need to be. Because that's when we actually believe something, we truly understand and know that it's true. We don't question it. Yeah, it's human to be skeptical. And I think it's all part of everybody's journey is to figure things out. And, uh, you know, how you always hear the story of a kid reaching for the flame, and but until they actually feel the heat, you know, they don't do it anymore. You know, so we need to learn, like, we're all on a personal journey, we have to learn these things for ourselves. And for me being a skeptic, it's perfect that I think I wrote the book and that I, I have the podcast, because the way I talk to people and the way I um, research things is, you know, I listen to the voice in my head that says, you know, well, what about this? Couldn't it be this? And, uh, you know, so I, I, yeah, I, you can't help it. You know, and, and so many people say I ask the questions that they're, they're thinking in their head, you know, because so much of it seems too good to be true. And a lot of times, you know, we're taught if things are, seem too good to be true, they probably are. But not in this case. I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, life after death is real. And it seems like people say, well, how can you really believe, you know, and it's doing all the research I did over so many years. And now I've got 182 hours of these podcasts talking to yourself and other uh, like-minded people about the reality of the afterlife. And gosh, it's a whole new way of living life to, 
to know the reality of it. Does that make sense? It totally does. And it's so cool. Anybody listening, you can actually find Sandra's podcast on podcasts, on YouTube. It's all over the place. Just Google We Don't Die. And it's in a very, very well done podcast with some amazingly incredible guests from all over the world. Um, So I really recommend it, definitely. But Sandra, your journey hasn't just been since you published your book. You actually have been on this journey for quite a while now. How did this happen? Yeah. Um, well, it was back in the 90s, midnight, mid, mid 90s, that I developed a fear of dying. And I wasn't sick, and no one had died in my close circle, you know, people in my life. And uh, my mom has a great speculation that I had worked in nursing homes as a young woman and had seen a lot of death, and that maybe it just all sur- surfaced in my subconscious mind. And that's all possible. But the fear of dying and not knowing if I go on was one of these things that um, represented itself in my mind. It's just a real true fear. I'd go to bed at night with uh, these panic attacks. Like what, what happens if I don't wake up in the morning, you know? And it was so weird and uncomfortable that the only thing I knew to do instinctively was let me try to find an answer to this, to get rid of this fear so I was never going to tell anybody about it. You know, I used to think people that talked all this metaphysical life after death, woo woo stuff were a little bit out there. And, uh, oh, Sam, you would have laughed because I'd go into a bookstore and I'd see the new age section. And I actually felt sorry for the people that were reading the books in that section thinking, you know, folks, there's no proof of the afterlife. You know, psychic abilities aren't real. You know, you poor people are just reaching for straws, you know, just you know, get grounded here. There's no proof of that stuff. So, I, you know, I come, I'm the last person that I would think would be telling this story. But, you know, I started my search and I just privately, you know, like somebody's got to have some proof of life after death. And um, I've got a chicken cockadoodle doing behind me. So sorry about that. You've got Rosie. I've got a chicken, a neighbor's chicken. I'm not a chicken farmer at this point. Um, but I you know, studied major world religions, starting with, and I grew up, Roman Catholics. I started with that and uh, I couldn't find any answers in the world of religion. Plenty of stories of faith, which were great, but faith alone did not quench this fear that I had. And then I started uh, moving into the world of the the paranormal, um, you know, studying things, uh, reincarnation stories, taking a course in mediumship, electronic voice phenomena, uh, I mean, reading books galore, starting to go to people's seminars, uh, watching and listening everything I could, and and you know, very slowly, you know, these doors started opening. That is incredible, and certainly a lot of doors have opened because you've had some pretty interesting guests on your show that certainly um, have been on your path for a reason, for sure. Yeah, there's no question to me and if you don't mind me telling the first thing that happened to me because I mean you're a medium so you'll you'll get it but I mean it really opened the door I had taken a weekend course with uh, Doreen Virtue and many people know her as the angel lady and this was back in I think 2002 and I had seen her at the Omega Center where I met you uh, in New York and she had done medium reading on 
or meeting like a presentation, angel medium presentation on it's probably about 300 people that were in the, the audience. And I had gone there because I wanted, you know, the, it was part of me that thought there's no way this is possible. But then I thought, you know, for that 1% chance that life after death is real and that, you know, I could see somebody doing medium readings and really feel like it's authentic, you know, it was worth going and very secretive. Like uh, my whole journey, you know, I, I was very secret. I mean, I was so afraid people would find out I was turning into one of these, you know, weirdo, woo woo, <laughs> new agers, you know, I didn't tell anybody. And, and, and I witnessed her doing really uh, beautiful medium readings on the audience. And I, I got it to my core that there, these people weren't planted in the audience. They weren't trying to sell anything. I mean, it was just really beautiful communication. And so Doreen offered a three-day course in mediumship, uh, flying to California and spending three days with her. Uh, can you hear that chicken behind me, by the way? Oh, my God. It's so funny. There's nothing I can do. Oh my gosh, I found out his name is Roberto, Roberto the rooster. Yeah. Anyways, he's back there. Uh, so funny. So anyways, I take a three-day course uh, in mediumship and, uh, you know, and I went out there and I'm thinking, what the heck am I doing? You know, I just, and there was only you know, a handful of people in the group. And one of the things Doreen said at the very beginning, you know, is if, you know, we hear this all the time, if you're drawn to this, it's for a reason, you know, all that. I'm like, yeah, 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 right. Very skeptical. But she said, I want to show you how mediumship readings are done. And she says, we're not really going to do it. We're just going to um, like simulate, you know, if we were a medium, what, what we'd be doing. And so I thought, okay, you know, because I know I'm no medium, of course. And so she had us each take a partner and we sat in this conference center, you know, knee to knee with a person. And she says, I want you to hold hands. I want you to close your eyes. One of you go first. And she says, I just want you to, you know, she created this um, visual of like, we're in this safe bubble of energy. And she says, you know, our loved ones are still around. And she says, you got to talk to them like real people, introduce yourself. And, and this, you know, it's a message you want to give to um, the person sitting with you. And so she says, for this exercise, she says, I just want you to make up somebody. Just make up that there's a person standing behind them. And because, Sam, she gave us the opportunity to just play and make somebody up, I had no fear that I was actually trying to do a medium reading. And I, and I didn't know this is what was happening. But I invented that standing behind my partner was a man. And I said, um, you know, I, I see a man and I, I'm feeling like it's a, your grandfather on your father's side. And uh, he's got blonde hair and blue eyes and really windburned skin and gap between his front teeth and you know and in my mind's eye I invented him smoking a cigarette and I thought well he's died of lung cancer and and I said his name's Jan uh fisherman in Denmark like this this information's just flowing out of my imagination and I said and he never told your mom that he loved her you know he was just a tough dad and he you know he wants you to say that tell your mom that he, he loves her so I opened my eyes just saying okay it's your turn and I look at my partner and there's just streams of tears going down her face. Her grandfather's name was Jan. He was a fisherman in Denmark. He died of lung cancer. The message was appropriate for the mother. And every detail that I had said was correct. And I I mean, talk about blowing a door wide open. Because number one, you know, I've really been challenged that if there is such thing as mediumship, certainly I'm not one of them. You know, I'm not one of those gifted people. Uh, I'm just regular old me. But it was it was that 
first experience that I thought, oh, my God. And then the lady that was working with me, I mean, she brought through my grandfather to his name, saw the German shepherd that was always by his side, his dog Champa, and, um, you know, some personal things about my grandfather. And I wasn't correct all weekend, uh, but enough times that I knew I was on to something. And so that was the very first thing that suddenly this fear started going away. And then it's like, if this is possible, what else is possible? So that started that story. it. Yeah. Yeah. But I still didn't tell anybody about it. You know, it wasn't, <laughs> you know I'll, I'll, I can tell, I can tell you in a, when, when you're ready to hear it, what made me start sharing it. And, it, and I was around the death of my dad. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, My dear dad was diagnosed in January 2010 uh, with cancer. He had a, uh, now my dad was very athletic, even in his 70s. He bicycled 20 miles a day. I mean, he was tough guy and loved the outdoors. And and so he had a pain that developed in his back and it ended up being cancer and it was radiated, but it it broke apart part of his spine. So he had to wear this turtle shell thing and he had a pain pump installed in him. And it, you know, you know, he went from being active and alive to very cripple really. And um, even though they couldn't detect or see where the cancer was. They knew from blood tests it was still present in his body. And so this is now 2010. And then uh, May 11th, 2010 was when he took his last breath. And over the course of uh, the time prior to his, his death, obviously, you know, we as a family, this my siblings and I were very scared and we loved him. And it's, you know, very painful to watch somebody we love die and not only that is uh you know to see somebody suffer is pretty much the worst thing um because we couldn't do anything for him and uh, you, you know people hear about um fights that happen when people die and fighting over the will and things like that and i had a pretty close knit relationship with my siblings and you know we had vowed that we were never going to turn into one of those crazy families but Sam we did we started fighting about dad's care prior to his death there were fights after his death uh, even now seven years after his death there's two siblings that I haven't or they haven't spoken with me we're still estranged um, and it and it, it I never saw it coming, you know, that that something like that could happen. I mean, we were fighting about things that didn't even happen. And I thought, what, what is going on here? And I really thought there was this plot to uh, finish off Sandra, you know, like I got called the greedy child and, you know, I was after, I was close to dad because I wanted his money. I mean, the stupid stuff that wasn't even real. And so dad passes away. Uh, I, I end up losing relationships with my siblings um, you know, I say they're put on hold because I, I do think there's a bigger picture here going on. And so, you know, I'm not making them wrong or me wrong, but I, I, <laughs> I actually think there's a master plan and I can, I can tell you why, but I hit an all time low depression as a human being, not suicidal, but I could understand people that hit that dark a place, how they would think you know, killing themselves was a good idea. And so I really developed compassion for people being in that state. But some like a little little light bulb went off in my mind. Like I have never, ever, ever hurt this bad. I'm usually this happy-go-lucky person. 
uh, very positive. And I thought, what is happening to me? And thankfully, it had me really study and go after some answers about what is grief? Why does it have to hurt so bad? Why would regular great human beings turn, including myself, turn into these monsters with all this anger and fighting? You know, what, what is that all about? And um, when I dug deep enough, Sam, I, I actually found out, you know, there's things about the stages of, of dying and stages of grieving and like, okay, I'll, we've heard about all those things. But I actually found out that our brain chemistry changes when we grieve and in the best way I can describe it is um, you, know, uh, you know if we love somebody you know we have uh, you know if you can imagine like somebody with an addiction right you know you got to have the substance got to have the substance well in our brain chemistry when we love someone it, it, there's a poor word for it but it's like an addiction it's like we are locked in, um, you know, with our neurotransmitters and all these things that we, we have, all this, this chemistry. And then when somebody dies, we no longer have them. Or even if we lose somebody in a relationship, a divorce or something like that, there is uh, this, this break. And so if you can imagine someone who is addicted to a drug and then it's, they're taken away from it, you go through withdrawal, right? And you can imagine this person from like drugs um, going through this really tough withdrawal, like they don't have their substance, they don't have their fix and their whole body and mind is in this sense of um, loss and, and, you know, there's all the physical pain and anguish and, and things that go along with it. Well, when we grieve, the same thing happens and, you know, we would never trust a person who's coming off of some kind of a drug, you know, and really believe every word that's coming out of their mouth and, you know, try to have uh, conversations with them. You know, we'd have compassion for them. Well, what we don't know is people that are grieving are going through something very, very similar. And so we actually lose part of our memory, you know, part of our perception, things that we think are real may not be real when we're grieving. And it was like, like I said, the light bulb went off and I'm like, no wonder I'm fighting with my my siblings about things that haven't even happened. But like in my world, they did happen in their world, something else happened. So you know, I, so bottom line is I broke open this whole world of what's going on in our brain. And I started having compassion for myself, for them. Uh, and, and it started saying, well, no wonder so many families fight. And, you know, no wonder this goes on. And so just me being me, I decided to take all the information that I, that I had about grief. And I recorded this audio called How to Survive Grief. And you can still listen to it, survivegrief.com. You can just go there and play. And it was everything I learned about the brain chemistry, about um, how to get through grief, you know, things we can do to make ourselves feel better, you know, what is grief, that whole world. And Sam, at at the time, it was just prior or just after dad's passing, I had, I don't know, a couple hundred Facebook friends. And I just said, guys, you know, I... I recorded this. If you know anybody who's grieving, I think this really might make a difference. Well, I didn't anticipate this, but within three months of me putting it on Facebook, it had been shared over 3,000 times. And I know. And I started getting emails from people all over the world saying not only did it help ease their pain and gave them understanding and compassion, but Sam, people started writing me that they chose not to kill themselves because 
It was like I was in their head knowing exactly what they were thinking. And they said, you know, if what I'm thinking is what you're saying, this must be the grieving process. So they chose not to commit suicide and they chose to take my steps that are in this audio. And Sam, you get enough people that say (laughs) they chose not to commit suicide. And suddenly I woke up with this moral responsibility that I need to get these words out to as many people as I can. And I thought, how am I going to do that, right? Because people aren't looking for grief books. Most people aren't. And gosh, it hit me. And I didn't want to do this. But I thought, Sandra, if you could write a book and title it, We Don't Die, you know, it would piss a lot of people off because people are like, well, of course we die, right? But it would get people to read and open the book. And so basically, my book is definitely my journey of why I believe in the afterlife. But that audio about grief, that is now chapter 10 of the book. Because like it or not, people, everybody's going to experience loss. And, you know, I wanted to get to people. uh, I wanted to get to everybody, you know. And so I included that. And then the rest of the book is, you know, if we don't die, how to have a powerful life while we're here on Earth. And so... Yeah, I mean, I never thought I was an author. Had you know, I thought only smart people <laughs> write books, and I didn't think I had what it takes. But, you know, spirit works in wonderful ways because, boom, in my path, all of a sudden I meet a publisher, you know, who I had the courage to tell my story. And the more I started telling my story, the more this fear of people thinking I'm one of these woo-woo weirdos, you know, went away. And, uh, and so now, four years later, the book's out. I've got over 3,000 listeners a day of my podcast. And, you know, I couldn't crawl back under my turtle shell <laughs> and, and hide from this because, um, you know, it's it's actually giving me life. And, you know, like I said, I, I do think kind of dad was in on it. My siblings were in on it. Um, that every condition that happened had to happen the way it did for where I am now and for the um, numbers of people that I'm impacting so I only have compassion and gratitude for dad, for myself, for my siblings. Uh, and, you know, and I, I do have hope and faith. This is, you know, everything's, we're going to live happily ever after, you know, we, we will, <laughs> this, this will all turn out. But, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, when, when we really suffer, I think personally, that's how we learn the most about um, who we are. And, you know, it's those things that actually, when we look back on them several years in the future, we can look back, you know, it's the time we see that there's really, you know, we had growth for our soul and which I think is the purpose, the purpose of us absolutely. being here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I had the absolute pleasure to meet two of your faithful listeners. Um, Carol Pollock, I'm giving a big shout out because she connected with me after I was on your show and she just said, you know, I really love to meet you. And I listen to Sandra every day. Oh, <laughs> So Thanks, I be visiting her where she lives. And I said, well, strange as it may be, I actually am coming to your town. Um, you know, if, if you'd like to, I'd be happy to do group reading. And so she has brought one of your other listeners as well. And they were nice. And uh, you really are making that impact for people. And that is such a beautiful gift. And I love how you bridge the whole woo-woo side that we love with that scientific piece, that answering of the why. And um, because that really is going to speak to all the people who, you know, think we are a little weird, (laughs) don't understand. 
Um, and also, I love how you didn't think you were mediumistic and were able to just embrace that um, activity with Doreen. And the reason I love it so much is because I hear from people frequently, I'm not a medium, I'm psychic, or, oh, I just read tarot cards. And the reality is that we all have the ability to connect with our higher self. We all have the ability to connect with spirit. It's just to what degree we're able to let that into our lives. So I love that you were open and you played because playing is the best way to really um, bridge the similarities rather than alienating the differences. Yeah, if you can be okay with being wrong, you can mm-hmm. be right. You know, And it's still hard. I've taken a couple of courses of, of, of mediumship and um, you know, I've had so many people say, oh, you can practice on me. You know, my husband just died. And I thought, oh, I, I mean, I'd love to, but I don't want to because, it's, you know, in my mind, it's, it's I really want to help someone. And when I put the pressure on and the fear shows up, that's not a way to effectively be a medium. Yeah, no and, pressure. It's just my husband, who I love dearly. Yeah, yeah. So I I know that it would be good for me to practice. You know, I feel like a little kid learning to play the piano, you know, anybody can learn to play the piano, but there's, (laughs) there's certain people that have more of a gift, right. Or more of a ability, you know, um, some of these prodigies and things like that. So I know even with mediumship, we're all souls having a human experience. Right. And so it's easier for us to manifest and, and um, in the uh, the next world, the, the uh, hereafter, right? But we got to remember, we're we, part of us still is that soul now, so we do have it. But you know, are we committed enough to practice the piano every day? You know, uh, for what it takes. And so, if people are interested in mediumship, I mean, it's in there. But you just you gotta do what it takes, and it's uh, like anything else, you know, practice and. Um, make a commitment to it and, you know, and all those things. So I feel personally that I'm on a great road now because I get, I get to talk to so many great people and, you know, I still dabble in, in taking different courses. Like I met you last year with Tony Stockwell, which is awesome. So I know that I share everything that I get. And I do know too, that, you know, part of being human is to be courageous and work through our fears. And yeah, I still have my fears, you know, but it's my personal journey and I keep stepping forward when I can. And, you know, we do the best we can as humans. We do. Absolutely. And, you know, that fear does play a role. Um, You know, it, it helps, you know, keep us safe in some circumstances. It's just when that fear gets out of hand and it's preventing us from living. That's when we, that's when we need to take that deep breath. And I love how you handled it as far as educating yourself and learning as much as you can, because when we understand how something works, then we understand have compassion as opposed to creating fear. So I really love that strategy and I encourage it with anyone listening regarding, regarding anything that you're afraid of, um, try to learn more about it. It's just like having, you know, when you're way back, imagine when you're in elementary school and there's that child that you believe doesn't like you, you know, and the best way to fix that is to have them over to play for an afternoon. Guaranteed you'll be long, long friends after that, you know, yeah, yeah. With, uh, whatever it is we're fearful of. And it definitely goes a long way. And, you know, 
I know for me that fear of dying actually started when I was about seven or eight. I can remember wow. getting um, messages from my great grandmother who had not passed yet, but she'd gotten ill and it really made me fearful. And so I can remember when I was probably about 10, I couldn't sleep. And there were many nights I wasn't sleeping and I just was sobbing. And my mom said, what is wrong? Like, what can I do? And I just said, I'm so scared. And she said, well, you're not going anywhere. You're, you're 10. <laughs> you don't have to be afraid of this right now. And I said, but I, I won't know exactly how to plan for this. I won't know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And so she said to me, well, I'll make you a deal. Chances are I'm going to go first. So I'm going to come back and visit you and tell you exactly what to expect so that you can plan for it. Because I know when you plan, you feel better. Oh. And I was like, okay. Like that totally made sense to me. <laughs> you know? um, but definitely that fear can really, it can impact sleep. It can impact your relationships. It can impact so many different things. So I love that you went out there and put yourself out there to play and to learn and to grow. Um, and then ultimately you're saving lives, Sandra, with, with your podcast, and you're reaching so many people. I just love it. Yeah, and I want to just do a little shout-out because I started a Facebook group, be, and, and anybody who wants to join, really easy if you're on Facebook in the search, just type in, We Don't Die Listeners. And Sam, the reason I did this is because I know in my life, uh, I have my aunt, who I love dearly, and she's interested in my story. She loves hearing about it. Um, besides her, I don't have anybody that I see and know really. A couple of people that um, in my day job that are yeah interested, they listen to the show, but nobody really close that I can talk to about this. And and I thought, boy, I need some people that I can just be free to talk to about this because you know most of us, um, you know, we're interested in this, but there is that fear. What are people going to think? You know, I had this great conversation with a lady and she, she was petrified that the people in her life would find out she's turning into one of these, you know, new age people. Right. So not that we are, but there, there needs to be a place where we can just be free to talk. So I thought, well, what the heck? I'll figure out how to do one of these Facebook groups. And so it's only been uh, up and running um, the last two weeks. And there's like 361 members right now. <laughs> and just continue continuing to grow and like a shout out to to everybody in the group because we are free to share we're free to say okay this is something i'm struggling with right now we're free to say um i had this miracle show up you know uh we're free to share some pictures of like crazy wonderful things um and even lots of humor we're, we're free to share our grief and to just have people that have been there before uh be there for us. And so, you know, I've got this vision that, you know, the, the group's going to grow and then I'm going to find out uh, what areas people live in. And I would love to go, you know, meet people and, you know, okay, there's a group from Norway. Well, let's go to Norway. You know, let's, let's see, you know, because I think in people's communities, if we can meet not just on the internet, which is great, but actually start having some friends that we speak the same language um, I, I'm a firm believer that when we believe in life after death, it gives a new meaning to our life. You know, we start thinking our life is for a reason, a purpose. We start feeling like we're at the steering wheel of our life. You know, we're no longer a victim. We start thinking, well, maybe, you know, we, we plan for some of these things to happen for our soul to grow. And I think if we have enough friends 
uh, or we have a community that's talking the same talk that we can be inspired to live a better life. So, you know, ultimately um, I want to see all of us, you know, have people in our lives and in our communities. Uh, and when we're up to the same thing, you know, it's just like going out for a walk for exercising. It's so much easier when you have a friend that's willing to go along the walk with you. It gets you out of bed. It gets you out <laughs> and you, you have more success being on your diet or exercising when somebody else is doing it with you. You know, it's the same thing when we're working in this world of the afterlife and what life's about, you know, when you have a friend that's starting to take chances and being courageous, stepping into their dreams, it's like, well, if they're doing it, I want a little of that too. You know, so I really think there's the possibility of people living great lives when we're here. And, you know, there's a, I've talked to a a, a doctor, a heart surgeon who said uh, he's done so many surgeries and just before people get put out, you know, with anesthesia, there's such a fear of dying. I mean, just incredibly mm-hmm. high fear. And then people are, are, you know, there's things that they haven't done and they haven't said and whether or not they were religious, they, they start to pray. And I thought, you know, what would it be like for people when we are approaching that last breath, that instead of having these regrets and these fears, there's actually we can look back on our life and say, you know what? I played full out. You know, there's always going to be things we maybe should have done or said or all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, you know, you really look back and go, yeah, you know what? I got my money's worth out of this life. I I did. I, you know, I did what I wanted to do. I'm proud of myself. And then to take that last breath and to know that you're going to close your eyes this final time, here on earth, but then you're just going to open them back up again in this place where your relatives are. It's another beautiful reality. Uh, and you're going to know you can come back and, and visit our you know, loved ones here. And, and I thought, you know, if, if I can lend a hand in making that kind of life available to people, like count me in, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're always welcome to come to Niagara Falls, Sandra. You can come to Grounded Roots anytime. Thanks. We have a little we don't die party. Yeah. Um, we've got the space to do that there for sure. Um, but definitely, that. I understand what you're saying. You know, I love the idea of the private Facebook group. They make a big difference because people feel safe to share. Yes. And, you know, it's so important. We need to be sharing. I'm, I'm so luck, lucky that I live in Niagara Falls here because in most communities I've lived in, and I've lived in quite a few, people tease us that we've been gypsies. Uh, we've moved quite a bit. But a lot of times I didn't feel supported that I had a spiritual network that I could yes. connect with. And, of course, working in child welfare, it's not something I could discuss at work. Right. Um, you know, so I was pretty isolated. But I found here, because we have this lovely soul here, her name's Kathy Upper, and she created spiritual Niagara. So first it's a website that's a directory for anyone who does reading, healing, anything like that. But she also created a Facebook page, much like what you've done. And I think it has something like 1700 members on it or something like that of all people who live in the area. So people can just go on there and say, Hey, this is happening. Does someone know of somebody who can help me? And there's so much help and, you know, it really makes a big difference. So people can actually 
you know, walk on our streets and talk to people and not feel like they're totally weird because they know that they've got 1,700 friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know something, <laughs> Sam, as human beings, as human beings, we have this need to be liked. And, you know, there's we all have this little voice in our head that very often does not say empowering things. You know, I wake up in the morning and I look at myself and it's like, oh, God, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm 51 years old right now and I'm single, right? So that little voice says, you're always going to be single. You're all going to be old spinster, Sandra. Nobody's ever going to love you. You know, it tells me I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I'm too heavy, you know, uh, uh, so many things, right? So we all have this negative voice that is not our champion. So it has us be afraid. It has us say, we can't possibly share what we're passionate about with other people, other people are going to think you're strange. Now, the thing is, is I was so afraid for people to know that I've written this book and you know, my day job, you may not know this. I think you do is I'm a chef and I travel with race car teams. Mm -hmm. So I feed hundreds and hundreds of people. We have a, my mom and I have this business together. We have a big tent set up. People come and have their breakfast. It's the coolest job ever, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, it's cool, (laughs) but it's, it can be 16 to 18 hour days on my feet, schlepping, you know, 150 pounds of chicken, you know, not so glamorous. Well, I shouldn't mention the chicken when that rooster's outside. (laughs) Anyways, um, but I was, I, I hadn't told my community at the racetrack what I was up to. Well, one of the race car driver's fathers owns a printing company, and he loved my book. So he shows up at the racetrack with this eight-foot banner, one of these standing banners, eight foot by four foot. Is there any proof of life after death? Sandra Champlain says yes. Well, he shows up at one of my busiest races, a thousand people eating under the tent, with this huge sign. And I thought, oh, my God, talk about fear. I thought people are going to think I'm crazy. And what's a life after death sign doing under a food tent? And he says, you know, you can sign your books by this, you know, sign. And I thought, oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Fear was at maximum. Well, I didn't expect what happened. Not only did people come up to me and say, I love this kind of stuff. Oh my God, tell me about your book. I want to buy a copy. Can you sign a copy for me? But I had people that had lost a loved one. One one guy, his child had died when the child was five years old. And discreetly, he came into the kitchen and said, you know, is there proof that he went on? You know, so people would start sharing these stories. I even had a race car driver who had never told anybody he had a near-death experience and told me the most magnificent story. You know, he died on an operating table after having a bad car wreck and his grandmother and grandfather were there to greet him in heaven. And, and he says, in a world so much more real than earth. And he said, made living on earth seem like just a dream, but he said he knew that he had a choice whether he wanted to go back to life or continue on either way, he'd be okay. But he saw his mom and dad and brother praying for him uh, in the waiting room. And he knew the right thing was to to go back to earth. And so Mm -hmm. he woke up in his body. Of course, he was in a ton of pain because he had, you know, broken bones and whatnot. But he said, because of that experience, he says, I wasn't afraid of death. So I wasn't afraid of life. And he said, so I wasn't afraid of driving that race car faster than anybody. I put my foot on that pedal all the way. And so what happened was this man started winning all the championships because of he, he had this near death experience that took away his fear of life. 
So not that people need to drive 200 miles an hour, no, but, you know, to take away the fear of dying and, you know, you can't ever really get hurt. So like play full out, go after your dreams, you know, all those kind of things. But I found that everybody, not everybody, but most people were into this, but they've been too afraid to talk about it because everybody's afraid people think they're weird. So people in your life that you haven't mentioned it to, you know, it's, it's, so easy to say, oh, I've been listening to this, you know, show with Sam Black, or I, you know, I, I listened to yeah, this is book called We Don't Die. What do you think about that? You know, if you even just throw out a little bait and see how what people yeah. how they respond, uh, and then you know that can open up the conversation because there's people in your life that I think everybody's had some freaky experiences, knowing that the phone's going to ring and then knowing who's on the other end, or you know, thinking the same thoughts that, that, that you know with another person at the same exact time. I mean, we've had these things happen. So to be able to give voice to them and share, gosh, it's so great. So you know, but we've got to remember we all have that little. Uh, somebody called it a you know your inner critic or negative Nancy. I've heard it say that way, or I call it the voice, you know, that tries to convince us that people will think we're crazy, you know, that we're not smart enough, we're not good enough, nobody will listen, you know, but it, that voice is not telling the truth. And yes. that's the interesting, when I worked in child welfare, certainly, I mean, it's right on the psychological test. Do you believe in ghosts or, and things like that? So it wasn't something I was open to talking about, right? right. And I would have maybe, you know, one or two friends at work who would know that was it. And what's so interesting is I I didn't share that huge part of my soul with my colleagues, with the people I was working closest with, because I was fearful that they wouldn't take me seriously in the job. And yet now that, you know, I'm doing this as my career, I have different workers some I've worked with, some I haven't, managers from different agencies across the province. I even had one in Calgary call me on cold files for their, for their work because they said, I heard that you can help me. Wow. So this big thing that I tried to hide so, so well, that it's wide open and I don't hide it from anybody. Isn't it interesting who comes forward wanting wanting some help and wanting readings. It's it's just the coolest thing. So if you're listening and you're hiding, come on out of that closet. Join us. <laughs> because, you know, yeah, our community is a lot bigger than you imagine. Yeah, I think it's actually most people are, are interested. Everybody's going to lose a loved one if you haven't already. And don't we want to know that they're okay and that we're going to see them again? Uh, everybody's going to experience grief. At some point in everybody's life, I think we all ask the question, you know, is this all there is? Um, what is my life for? Do I have a purpose? And it's all that kind of stuff that it's like, yeah, let's talk about it. You know, I don't just talk about life after death on the show, on my We Don't Die podcast. It's like, yeah, we want to find out why people believe in life after death. But then we want to talk about living life powerfully. And if you don't finish one of the episodes feeling on top of the world about you and your life, then, you know, I haven't done my job, you know, yeah. so it can be kind of addicted to, to listen to these, but, you know, we, we think, you know, and I, I knew, gosh, I know the skeptic in me, even when I started, like take something like near death experiences, for instance, you know, my skeptical brain would say, Oh, that's just part of the brain shutting down. People see a white light and might hear music. There's <laughs> no proof 
right? Well, who was talking? Well, that was a young woman who never took the time to do any research. You know, there's millions of people that have had near-death experiences. And somebody who, who I just interviewed had a great, she says, you know, in a court of law, right, and there's a jury, if there's one person that has a story and everybody else has a different story, well, you don't know if that's real. You got five million people all saying the same thing. Now, is there absolute proof, evidence? Well, no, you know, but you got five million people saying the same thing. Eh, I tend to think something's real, you know. And so I've gotten the honor to break down my own skepticism in so many of these and actually take the time to learn, you know, to, you know, my, I don't know why I've always thought that. I knew all the answers. I mean, that's silly. It's like a little kid thinking that they're smarter than their parents, right? You know, I, I've i lived my life like that. And it's like, no, the, the research is out. I mean, it's not just near-death experiences that I talk about on the show and with mediums and things like reincarnation. People know there's actually artists out there that can draw images, perfect pictures of your loved one in the hereafter. I mean, that's huge. You know, I talked to a great guy who um, is a physicist and marine engineer and really a sharp, sharp guy who knows all the things about the quantum physics. And then he's now a medium, right? So he's like, I want to learn these kind of things, you know? So, I mean, it's not just your woo-woo out there people. You know, I've talked to a doctor who uh, created a book collecting 20 stories, interviewing other doctors about the miraculous things they've witnessed. Um, I mean, there's so, there's, there's actually uh, development underway for something called the soul phone, which in the next five to 10 years, they think will, will work something like, um, your cell phone that your loved ones in the hereafter can be in touch with you. I mean, there's, and as much as that, this might sound like something futuristic. I mean, there are people recording electronic voice phenomena right now, voices coming through. There's people that record video and pictures of their loved ones come through. There's a woman in Brazil, Sonia Rinaldi, who has recorded thousands of, of messages of children speaking to their parents from the afterlife uh, using what she calls the Brazilian station, which is a group of scientists in the hereafter working with her to make this available. Um, There's mediums that are kind of downloading information from the spirit world of like what kind of technology like these machines need to be. And these mediums get together. And of course they all have the same drawing and, you know, I, and, and so there's scientists, there's, this is being funded by some great people interested in it. So like there's stuff happening, you know, this is not just um, the far out new agers, woo woo people talking about life after death. You know, I love, love, love talking to people that are from the scientific community that are involved, the doctors, the scientists, the physicists, you know, because, you know, you think, yeah, these people are pretty reputable. You know, they're, they're talking about these things with life after death. They could be true. And, and Sam, you and I both know that you don't have to see it to believe it. I mean, mm-hmm. we're all grateful that we have GPSs that can connect us and we can drive our car from point A to point B. Well, the GPS signal is invisible, but it's very real thing with I'm talking to you right now through the magic of the internet. We are not connected by any wires, but yet 
through this magical invisible place we're able to connect and i tell you our you know i'm looking at my iphone right now that can pick up pictures and sound uh and information from the cloud wherever the heck that is well <laughs> we're pretty powerful us souls having a human experience and you know we can download information as well from the hereafter i really believe that heaven is in this invisible place of vibrating energy you know no different than you know where our gps signals and cell phone signals and the wireless internet is you know it's really it's cool to to be in this investigation it's so is. It so is. And, you know, I love how you look at the science end of it, because for those of us who are skeptical or people who just are not as familiar with their spiritual self, because in some families they haven't been raised even with, you know, a faith practice. So for them, right. it, it's really hard for them to wrap their head around this whole idea of trust or you know, belief. And so the guests that you have on your show totally dispel all that. And they just say, hey, like I'm coming from a scientific background and I know this to be true. And that's really impactful for people who have some doubt. Yeah, there's one guy I spoke to, Dr. Alan Huguenot is his name. And he's the guy, physicist turned medium. And we he lost me in a lot of the conversation because he's so smart. Uh, but we were talking about like quantum physics and I'm looking at a table right now in front of me, a coffee table. And he was saying, you know, that within every molecule and atoms and, and all that world, you know, so everything can be broken down into fine particles. Illusion is everything because if you took a teeny tiny camera one of the atoms um, in anything that we're looking at would only would pick up anything like there's no such thing as matter you know everything that we are and everything we're looking at broken down into the tiniest particle there it's just vibrating waves of energy you know so it's like oh so you know, it's it, you know he's talking about everything that we're experiencing is kind of an illusion, you know, a very good one to convince us that, you know, we are substances and we are, um, you know, people of this planet. Mind blowing oh, to think of. Out a little bit there. Inner space. Say it again. I said you're cutting out a little bit there. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. No but worries. Basically, to our tiniest uh, molecules. You know, that we're just vibrating energy. Uh, you know, the illusion is that we are matter, that we're real, um, and, you know, that life is an illusion. So he really offered just this, uh, gosh, you know, we're, you know, this invisible world outside of us, you know, is it possible? But when he gets down cellular and the molecular and the atom level, you know, that it's everything's invisible there too. So he gives a where the afterlife is and how it all fits into science. Amazing. It is amazing. It is. Sandra, what are some of the common themes that you hear often on your show? Having that many guests, you know, you've, you've been able to collect your own data, I'm sure. So what are yeah. some of the common themes that you hear over and over again? Um, one of the great ones is that when we do die, our bodies die anyways, th there is a life review and no us, no one's saying heaven for you, hell for you, and that way. It's that we 
each individually look back upon our lives and we actually experience it from the points of view of people we interact with. So if we hurt someone, we're going to feel their pain. If we did a good deed, we're going to feel their happiness and see the ripple effect and, and what that did you know, for others. Um, and then we get to assess our how well we did in this lifetime and that we continue to learn and grow in the hereafter. And I think that's great. Uh, it gives me, you know, there's times that I'm human and every so often I think about maybe telling a white lie, but then I think, gosh, if I have to go through this again <laughs> in my life review, better to just tell the truth now. You know, so that's a common theme. There's a common theme that, you know, we talk about what is the purpose for life and life is based on experiences and the experiences we have on planet earth because we have time and space and we have uh, bodies and matter and we have all these emotions and senses of touch and smell and taste and hearing and all that stuff. Um, there's such a, a reality to hear that there's no place in the universe like it. So when we come to earth, we get to have all these experiences and the point is for growth of our soul. And so, yeah, the, most times, you know, we, what I hear is that it's out of our, you know, worst suffering where we actually experience the most growth for our soul, but we're here to really experience, you know, and, and I love that. And I love also hearing that our loved ones are around us. Uh, we don't have to be a medium to get in touch with them. We can actively look into an empty space. I can look at an empty seat on my couch right now and visualize my grandmother there and talk to her. And yeah, do I know she's talking back? You know, can I quiet my mind and trust that she's there? Yeah, we can do that. We can ask for signs and have them show up. Um, you know, so that's that's a great thing. And just to know, bottom line, that we are not alone, that our life is for a reason that we can never fail. Life is this uh, learning place, you know, and but basically I think it's that we're never alone. Um, our lives matter. We are souls having a human experience. Uh, there's so much more to us than meets the eye. You know, we are capable of whether it's a one of these psychic things or miracles showing up, you know, that we are just, we are really these powerful infinite beings. Oh, thank you for sharing. And, you know, it's so true. And anyone listening, every single one of you is here for a purpose. And, you know, without you, we don't have the same experience. Like, well, nobody's here by accident. And no. I totally have to agree. It is those, those biggest challenges in our lives. That's where we receive the most growth. And, you know, I can say that firsthand, too. Like, the most difficult thing I've ever been through, really, is recovering with the brain injury and everything from the accident I was in. And certainly, recovery is still ongoing. But I've received the most growth from that experience. And it's just yes. incredible, um, the opportunities that come to us when we just surrender and let go. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Have fun. Play on this playground of Earth. <laughs> yeah, and you're not alone. There's plenty of playmates around, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to give your listeners a gift to Sam, if I may. My oh. website, which you can um, 
access all these podcasts, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, that's the best place to start. But there's a little line that says, click here to join the Insiders Club. And what it is, is yes, you give me your name. I promise I don't send lots of emails. I don't. But what you will open up is it says, uh, read a free chapter of my book, well, Sam, it's actually the whole book because I know in an interview like this, I can't give enough details as to why I believe in life after death. Um, but also that audio, how to survive grief is there. And there's a bunch of other things uh, because I really am passionate about giving away and putting in the hands of people this important information. Do I want to sell books? Sure I do. But, you know, if you like the PDF copy, maybe you'll give a gift at Christmas. Who knows? But that's – I don't care about that. It's not uh, money-based. But that, just as a gift to your listeners, go to wedontdieradio.com. Click on Insiders Club. And then also, you know, feel free to uh, click on any one of the 182 episodes. You can scroll down pretty fast and see, you know, what catches your eye. Maybe you want to know more about near-death experience or you want to check out Dr. Allen. And Huguenot and the uh, science of things, or whatever that may be, but it's it's all there. And um, and join our and Facebook. There's definitely an episode for everyone, regardless of what you believe, where you're coming from. I promise you, there will be a guest that will just ignite your curiosity. I promise. Just check it out. <laughs> yeah, and then ultimately. After listening for an hour, you're going to, this is my intent anyways, that you actually get special you are and that your life is for a purpose. Uh, And it doesn't have to be a big purpose. So many people are coming to me like, what's my life purpose? Well, it's what you're already doing, you know, and it it might not be a job, but it might be, you know, you always like to make a difference in other people's lives, you know, and so it can be in many different ways, um, your purpose, you know, it can be tending to the earth, it can be growing things, whatever, you know, um, but just look to see what you're already doing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, actually a lot of my coaching clients, that's what they come to me for. What is my life purpose? And the reality is that we all have something that we can contribute to ourselves and others, regardless of your level of ability, regardless of your age, your race, who you are, where you come from. We all have something to offer. And we live in a world that focuses on what we can't do. That's just, unfortunately, the reality of much of our world. Shift that. Even if it's just in yourself, because it will rub off onto other people, shift that to this is what I have to offer. We all have beautiful gifts inside. Yeah. And even um, a little, just a little uh, homework assignment is mm-hmm. if anybody wants to take the time to write down some of your accomplishments and what you already have done and some of the things you're grateful for, you're going to go, wow, you know, it, it really empowers you to not listen to that little voice to get who you really are uh, is, is not what that little voice might say. But experienced a lot, helped a lot of people. Absolutely. And, you know, if you want to share it, go into Sandra's Facebook Go on to my Facebook page and, and just say, hey, Sam, so here's my accomplishments. You know, we, we want to hear those. We want to celebrate with you because the reality is the more that we celebrate what we've accomplished, what we have in our world, what we're grateful for, the more that's going to come for us. Right. Yeah. Sam, thank Sam. you so much for coming today. And, you know, definitely everyone listening, I really invite you to check out We Don't Die Radio. It's fantastic. Um, and connect with Sandra there. 
And Sandra, is there any upcoming events or anything that you'd like to share? I don't have anything upcoming. Oh, yes, I do. How did I forget? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know why? Because I was on the radio at 2 a.m. Yes, uh, on did. a show. I will be speaking at a huge afterlife conference in September. It's September 15th through 17th. It's going to, it's called the afterlife research and education symposium. And you can find out more. Oh, the Scottsdale, Arizona. If you go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more, but it's the, these cutting edge people that are involved in communication with the afterlife, proof of the afterlife, uh, things about living life, but it's the top, doctors, scientists, lay people, you know, uh, there, there'll be 27, 27 or so speakers. So it's a really big deal. If you want proof of the afterlife, you want to know how to connect with your loved one, you want to be empowered for your life, it's the place to be. Scottsdale, Arizona, September 15th through 17th, 2017. Go to afterlifestudies.org to find out more. Uh, or even if you can't go, just to check out some of the people that are doing some wild stuff in the world. So thank you for encouraging me to share that and remembering that I no am problem. doing something. I think it's an amazing event. And I, I love the fact that there's going to be a conference all about this because it's so needed for people to get out there and learn and network and, and grow. And, um, you know, certainly it's in a beautiful location that although I haven't been yet, I keep being called to go and I'm told it's a wonderful, wonderful um, area for spiritual growth. Yeah, and we're going to meet some of the best friends we'll ever have. I think there's probably about 300 of, of the listeners of my show that are going to meet there in person. And on the Thursday night on the 14th, I've invited everybody to meet in the lobby of the Embassy Suites when they have their happy hour. Because I just want to say hello personally and meet everybody. And, awesome. you know, like, yeah, I'm excited to meet new friends. Oh, that's wonderful. Sandra, thank you again. You know, you're I... welcome. I know our meeting was so brief, but I'll never forget it. Me neither. And I'm so glad that we've been able to stay in touch. And certainly, you know, that invitation is wide open. Anytime you want to come to Niagara and share We Don't Die, you are more than welcome. Grounded Roots is your home. Thank you so much. It'll happen. Awesome. Awesome. All right, everybody. I hope you're having an absolutely beautiful day. The sun's shining. It's shining for you, and I can't wait to connect with you all again soon on Grounded Roots with Sam Black. Have an absolutely beautiful day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.